This podcast is part of WhenItWasCool.com. Support this show and get premium podcasts, newsletters, and more by clicking any Patreon link at WhenItWasCool.com. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. And I'll tell you something else, too, is I cannot stand sissies. You're going to talk about wrestling, that's redneck talk. And guess what, fatso? I'm the world champion. Hey everybody, welcome to the When It Was Cool Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Stern. Thank you very much for joining me. Man, this so much to talk about. I just got to get right straight into this. We're talking about the 201 greatest pro wrestlers of all time list, pro wrestling's greatest ever, which is a new list I have dropped at whenitwascool.com. This is not my list. This is not my opinion. This is what the, the term I've settled in on is the universal consensus opinion. And what I've done is I've tried to answer the question. Look, I have been an Observer reader for decades now. I have worked at Observer for nearly 15 years. I've done classic wrestling podcasts for over 15 years. I've been a wrestling historian forever. And oftentimes the question comes up, who's the greatest wrestler ever? Or who are among the greatest wrestlers ever? And it's subjective, right? Uh, my list is going to look different from your list. Uh, your list is going to look different from Dave Meltzer's. Dave Meltzer's is going to look different than from Jim Cornette's. Why is that? Well, it's because wrestling subjective. It's an art form. Uh, maybe you value... Uh, match quality and hot moves and, and, uh, you know, style, certain styles over others. Maybe other people value, um, you know, star power or charisma or just how a character relates to you more than they do match quality. I mean, look at some of your most popular wrestlers in history, uh, who have, you know, you walk on the street today and ask somebody to name, you know, 10 wrestlers. You're probably going to get names in there like Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, people like that. Some of those, most would never consider putting on your greatest wrestler list. But why is that? Why did it connect with somebody else out there? Because wrestling is subjective. Different things matter to different people. Different characters click. And so how do you rectify all that? How do you get some sort of agreement? Well, I'm not looking for agreement here. I'm looking for consensus. So what I did, I took over 30 different sources. Now, about half of these are mainstream. They're going to be mainstream websites, magazines, uh, books, and the Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Top 500. They do it every year and done it for about 20 years now. I took a, cons- uh, a, a cumulative average of all those, ranked all of them together, got, you know, a, a top 500 of all time. Uh, I took about half of them are historians, historians I know and who story- historians whose work I know. Uh, so not all of them are, you know, some of them have different spheres of influence. Some of them are influenced by the newsletters and insiders. Some are influenced by their own work. Some are influenced by other sources, the, the, the mainstream magazines. But they're historians whom I trust. People like Steve Yoey, J. Michael Kenyon. These are names you probably well know. Uh, Chris Zellner, podcaster. Uh, so I, I've gone... Uh, above and beyond seeking out the best, most quality uh, sources I could. I've got to come up with over 30 of them and average them all together. And, and I think this is a good way to average out biases. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you bias work rate over popularity or popularity over work rate or this style over that style, Japan over the U.S., Mexico over Japan, whatever, whatever you're preferred way is it's all going to come out in the math uh you're you're one voice among 30 and so i i did that and what i did is just made a little chart uh if you were number 100 on somebody's list you got one point if you were number 99 you got two if you're number 98 you got three and so on now i gave bonus points if you were in the top 50 top 25 top 10 and number one and that rewarded consistency Let's say across all these 30-plus sources, the same name was number one or in the top five on 
Every one of them. Well, they didn't need rewarded for consistency, right? There, there's a general consensus that this person's at least in the top five among the majority of these. these, these. So uh, we can come up to an agreement there. Then I gave bonus points uh, if you were, in fact, 100 bonus points if you were Wrestler of the Year in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And that goes back into the uh, early 1980s. Steve Yoey, who has long been a contributor to Wrestling Observer, one of the most and probably the most respected wrestling historian, he even did that that same thing. He he did a thing uh, called uh, if Wrestling Observer Newsletter Wrestler of the Year Award had existed all the way back to 1900. And he did a Wrestler of the Year every year, so I factored that in as well. I gave 100 bonus points if you're in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame because that's a vetted Hall of Fame. It's voted on by numerous voters. Uh, yes, do we argue amongst ourselves? I've, I've voted in that thing for over 10 years now. Do we argue amongst ourselves about that? Yes, and that's called the vetting process. That That's reliable. That's That conversation is good. So I used that. I also gave some points for the uh, Thez Tragos Hall of Fame, but that one is biased toward more uh, technical wrestlers and those with amateur accomplishments. I even gave uh, bonus points to the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Wrestler of the Year, now less so than Observer, because that list that, that award is a kayfabe award, but it's also a good indicator of who the most pushed wrestler was that year, who was the most uh, you know talked about wrestler, the most TV famous, I guess, at that point in time. So I didn't didn't give them the same amount of points I did Observer, but they got some. Nevertheless, that award goes back into the 1970s, and uh, so. All that should average out the biases. All that should uh, should give us a good look at who the 201 greatest pro wrestlers of all time is. Now, I'm not going to go through the entire list here. I don't have enough time allotted to me at Wrestling Observer. I have to keep my shows uh, at or below uh, an hour in length. Uh, but for those of you who want to know more, want deeper conversation about it, subscribe to the When It Was Cool Wrestling Podcast. It's a free podcast. Whatever podcatcher you use itunes apple uh, spotify amazon wherever uh type in the words when it was cool that'll bring up three shows or when it was cool retro podcast or when it was cool dark and when it was cool wrestling i hope you'll subscribe to all three of them i think you'll really enjoy what we do if you want to become a Patreon supporter, uh, we certainly need those. We have over 2,000 shows in our archive. Yeah, that's right. I've been doing this a long time. 2,000 shows in our archive that you can get in for a dollar a month, $5 a month, whatever you think uh, uh, the, the level you want to support. Hit any of the Patreon buttons at whenitwascool.com. That gets you in there. Because we're going to talk more in, in more detail about this list as we go forward. I've already done two shows talking about how I sourced it, my methodology and how I made the list. So if you're interested in that, uh, check those recent shows out on the When It Was Cool Wrestling feed. I'll also be embedding, uh, as we go along, about two a week, biographies of each of the people on here. I've already recorded many of these in the past, so I, and I'll be doing new ones for the ones I don't have. So keep checking back to this list because uh, more and more shows, free shows, will be embedded in there. So this is the 201 greatest pro wrestlers of all time list, pro wrestling's greatest ever. And again, I'm not going to go through all of them. Go read the list for yourself. I hope you will share the list. I hope you will argue about the list. I hope you will, uh, you know, talk about who should be higher, who should be lower. Hey, my, my guy's on here. My guy's not on here. Have that conversation because that's just going to get people, you know, coming to our website, looking at it. Hopefully buying something through Amazon. Hopefully listening to our show. So, uh, by all means, check it out. But I want to talk about some of the more interesting ones, definitely the top ones and some more controversial ones as we go through. So this was compiled by me, Carl Stern, uh, sourcing data from over 30 historians, vetted greatest wrestler of all time list, major media rankings, cumulative list, and major vetted halls of fame. And again, there is a link to the sources there. You can read those and look at the methodology for yourself. This list is not my opinion. The only input I had into ranking this list was doing the math and averaging the results and putting it together in a readable format. This, according to multiple respected pro wrestling historians, major media rankings, published books, and vetted ranking ra uh, vetted ratings, are the 201 greatest pro wrestlers of all time, with bonus points given for major vetted halls of fame and wrestler of the year awards. 
I myself am a pro wrestling historian, as evidenced by our Ultimate History of Pro Wrestling Zone and my When It Was Cool Wrestling podcast. I have voted in the Observer Hall of Fame for over 10 years. I have worked at Figure4Online.com and WrestlingObserver.com for over 10 years. Constantly, there are discussions and debate about who are the greatest pro wrestlers of all time, and I want it as definitive a list as possible. Because pro wrestling is subjective. Do you value, quote, work rate, however you might define it, over popularity? I knew that there was no more a way to statistically prove prove who the best pro wrestler in history was more than you can definitively prove who the greatest rock and roll act of all time is, because it's subjective. However, what could be done is to create a consensus list of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. And if you use enough credible sources, you can average out any bias that might exist and come to as definitive a consensus conclusion as possible. This is how I came to create the When It Was Cool 201 Greatest Pro Wrestlers of All Time list, the greatest pro wrestlers ever. These are the sources and list and methodology I used. You can see those on the sources page. I could have easily ranked 500. I could have easily ranked 1,000, quite honestly, but settled on 201 because as you get deeper and deeper into the list, it becomes less reliable. That's due to sample size. Uh, many of the wrestlers didn't make all the list, uh, didn't you know rank low on a lot of the list, uh, list and so the uh, consensus becomes more murky. Anything under 300 uh, has a pretty good consensus, and 201 and up has even better agreement. The point system I used, as described on the sources page, does in fact include the 2022 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame results, which came out just in time to be included in our ranking of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. Now, without further delay, here's the consensus opinion, the universal consensus opinion of who the 201 greatest pro wrestlers of all time are. And again, I hope you will support us on Patreon. So let's talk about some of the top ones, talk about some of the more controversial ones, uh, some of the more interesting ones. Again, uh, due to time constraints, I can't talk about all 201. And besides that, I need you to go to the page and look at it. <laughs> you know, Possibly buy a book possibly subscribe to our podcast. Let's talk about him. Number one, and he actually got a a substantial number of points higher than number two because he was so consistent across the top. Out of all the 30 lists, Nature Boy Ric Flair, number one, was probably in the for sure in the top 10 in, in virtually every one of them. In most of them, he was in the top five, and in many of them, he was number one. So the universal consensus opinion is quite solidly Nature Boy Ric Flair. Now, again, you can argue whether that's right, wrong. And for those of you who think Ric Flair has always been repetitive matches and stuff like that, you really need to go back and look at some of the the 1970s, 1980s territorial matches of Ric Flair, how he worked with so many people in so many different areas of so many different styles and ability levels, and yet made great matches with them that he really does deserve that credit. Now, you can think about Ric Flair, the human being, however you want to think about him. This isn't a judgment of character list. This isn't the 201 most moral people of all history list this is the greatest wrestlers of all time and rick flair is the universal consensus number one solidly and uh i you know i can't disagree with it it's uh if i were making my own list he's probably going to be number one on it too i grew up watching rick flair i grew up watching rick flair uh go to you know not only Jim Crockett promotions, but go to Texas and go to Alabama and go to Georgia and go to Florida. And and I saw all these things myself at the time it was happening, followed him in the magazines, saw all that. Ric Flair was great. I mean, I saw Ric Flair wrestle in person many times against people of all sorts of uh, skill level and have great matches and uh, have matches that felt important. And he was the heavyweight champion of the world. He was charismatic. He did maybe the best promos of all time. So I think he's, he solidly deserves that. Number two was Hulk Hogan. And again, I think he's, he's very strong, number two. I think he's rightfully where he should be. I mean, he was the face of two of the most popular eras 
in wrestling history, uh, starting in, you know, I would say starting in 1982, 1983 really was the groundswell. But from 1984 through the rest of the 80s, it was the Hulkamania era, right? He was the biggest star in the world, huge star in the U.S., Japan, pop culture, in movies, everything else. And then at the time period where the most people were actually watching in the arenas and on television, the Monday Night War era, who's one of the top stars? Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan at the NWO. So, of course, he's got to be, I mean, if not number one, number two. Uh, More people in history than any other time saw Hulk Hogan, saw him wrestle. He was the top guy, and whether you like him or, or hate him, He's well qualified to be exactly where he's at on this list. Number three, and again, this has a lot to do with how many eyeballs were watching wrestling during this period of time. Millions, and, and I think that's the thing that doesn't get talked about as much now because we, I guess, you know, pundits don't want to call attention to the fact, but millions more people watched wrestling when number three, Stone Cold Steve Austin, was on top than watch it today. So millions more people were fans of Steve Austin than are fans of even your biggest and best and top stars today. Now, Steve Austin didn't have the longevity of Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan because of injuries and whatever. He was ever a bit as charismatic, sold tons of merchandise. His character clicked maybe better than any character in the history of wrestling ever has before or since. It's a shame, you know, Steve Austin couldn't have had an additional 10 years at that level of performance that he did. And Steve Austin had some great matches. So he's very deserving of being being in the top three greatest wrestlers of all time. I think he's right where he needs to be. Number four is a Luthez. And again, Luthez, at the time I was growing up, when Ric Flair was traveling the world doing all those matches, if you had asked the question... Or and is often brought up on TV, who's the greatest wrestler of all time? The answer then was Luthez, because he was, you know, the greatest thing that had happened up to that generation. And I think Luthez well deserves to be in the top five. Absolutely, he was. Uh, he had tremendous longevity. He had tremendous matches. He was a tremendous star all over, you know, all over the world. Luthez. I mean, some people would argue he needs to be even higher on this list, but I think. Unquestionably, any of these top five, I mean, come on, they're heavily deserved uh, uh, to be mentioned above, uh, among the best of all time. Number five is, is an interesting outlier. I mean, I think number five is a different sort of animal from the rest. In fact, number five never even held a major world championship. Well, sort of did for a second, but it got took away from him, and that's Andre the Giant. Well, Andre the Giant was a, was a huge man, a huge draw. I mean, a pop culture star, uh, you know, Princess Bride, a $6 million man, you know, uh, Andre the Giant has a posse, you know, Andre the Giant is in popular culture. He's well known. He may not have been the greatest in-ring worker, although some of his early stuff is way better than you may remember it being, but he was certainly, you know, one of the most highly identifiable pro wrestling stars of all time. I was a little bit surprised to see him make the top five, I would have personally put him a little bit lower than that, just because I think some of the uh, accomplishments and accolades of some of the other wrestlers that fell below him are a little more impressive, but you can't argue, I mean, Andre the Giant anywhere in the top ten, he's got to be in the top ten, right? It just so happens he fell at number five. Uh, Number six is Bruno Sammartino. I wasn't a big Bruno guy. That WWF style of wrestling I just found interminable i mean i just found i I grew up on the the rapid angle driven you know memphis wrestling southeastern wrestling uh mid-south wrestling that's the more action oriented story oriented stuff that i grew up on rather than the the slow plotting wwwf stuff but you know i realized if you'd asked the man on the street and you know circa 1969 or 1974, whenever, who the greatest wrestler in the world was, Bruno Sammartino's the name, and nobody else is even close. And I you know, certainly recognize Bruno well deserves a spot in the top ten, and he has it at number six. Number seven, well, he's probably the most popular, well-known wrestler of all time, The Rock. I think he 
falls number seven on this list behind so many other people because well his career wasn't that long like he didn't have the longevity of the people ahead of him um he was tons of charisma i'm not saying his his ring work was bad but it it wasn't to the degree of of a rick flair or even a steve austin i mean he was he had good matches he had even a few great matches but it was largely predicated on his uh charisma and his presence and his physicality and not so much on his technical ability or something like that. So I, th- I think he's about right. I think that's about where I would put The Rock on my list, too. Huge star. You can, Again, every one of these has a little biography with them, and we'll eventually have a uh, biography podcast embedded on this page, so keep checking back. Number eight, many of you probably wondered when the one of the old-timers would show up. Well, here number eight is Frank Gotch, and he's the highest ranking of the old-timers, you know, the 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 uh, pre-1930s era wrestlers. And that's where he should be. He's, he's, the, t- he's the top of all, all of those of that generation. Frank Gotch in at number eight. And again, you know, Frank Gotch, we can't watch Frank Gotch matches. Like, there aren't Frank Gotch matches on YouTube to decide this stuff from. There aren't, you know, you have reputation. You have the newspaper accounts. You have people telling stories about the days of Frank Gotch. That's what you have to go by. So Frank Gotch makes number eight really based almost entirely on historical significance. Uh, so we, we can't really know. We don't even really know how many matches of his were worked versus shoot. And if anybody tells you all Frank Gotch's matches were shoots, they have an agenda. Okay, They were most certainly not. I don't even know that half of them were. But he did have a lot of shoot matches. He was the shoot world champion. I, I have little doubt that his matches with George Hackenschmidt uh, were legitimate. Um, but he comes in at number eight, and I think that's a good good place for him. Number nine, and this is interesting, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. On my personal list, I'd put him very high, but i kind of surprised to see him rank this high on this list. That's Har- Harley Race. I mean, yeah, he may be the toughest man on God's green earth, the you know, at the time, record-setting NWA world champion and all that. But, you know, I've seen diverse opinions about Hardy Race. Um, you know, was he this massive draw? Well, in some places he was. And compared to people like The Rock and Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan, no. But, you know, he's in the top ten. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that's going to be very happy to see that. And a lot of people it's going to be, you know, I, I'm not so sure. And I'm, I, I loved Harley Race. I'm very glad to see him come in at number nine. I think it's an interesting placement uh, for him and one that could be debated. Number 10 is Dusty Rhodes, the American dream Dusty Rhodes, one of the most famous wrestlers of all time. And again, like The Rock, a lot of this was based on charisma. A lot of this was based on promo and just a, a, a appeal, um, you know. Did he have some great matches? Absolutely he did. He didn't really have a lot of longevity as world champion, even though he's a multi-time NWA world heavyweight champion. The, those reigns were very short. Um, he, you know, But he was a headliner in a lot of different areas. Certainly one of the most popular wrestlers of all time. Dusty Rhodes being in the top 10, I, I don't think that's a bad, bad placement for him at all. That is, uh, again, I think there's going to be some people that's going to want to argue that, but I think it's a solid place. Now, some of you may be saying, it's whole time. What about Shawn Michaels? What about Bret Hart? Who's Who beat who? And what place are they going to come in? Well, I'm sad to say to some of you, they didn't make the top 10. Shawn Michaels comes in at number 11. And look, the the narrative between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart has changed a lot of the last few years. For most of the the time, the, the, I guess, again, to use the term, universal consensus seems to have been that Shawn Michaels was the better of the two. Bret Hart has repetitive matches. Bret Hart has less charisma. Bret Hart this. And And look, at the time, I wasn't that big of a Bret Hart fan. Um... I've changed my opinion. Like I, I, looking back, Bret Hart, I will, I will gladly say Bret Hart kind of went over my head a little bit uh, back then. He was much, much better than I ever gave him credit for, both in terms of a character, his acting, and his in-ring work. And so I've come back around 
to myself being more pro Bret Hart than Shawn Michaels. But the universal consensus has Shawn Michaels at number 11. And, uh, you know, we can argue that however we want to. Bret Hart's great, no question about it. We'll talk about him in just a second. Number 12, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, the original Nature Boy. And look, hey, Buddy Rogers is another guy who I heard, you know, throughout my whole life. He was, you know, a lot of flash, a lot of a lot of uh, flair, a lot of charisma, not so much substance. But look, I tell you what, I've been watching some Buddy Rogers matches here recently against opponents as diverse as, I mean, Luthez, who was great. So you can say, well, Luthez carried him to a great match. Well, maybe so. I also saw him against Killer Kowalski. Great match. I saw him against Haystacks Calhoun. He's tremendous. Buddy Rogers was way better wrestler than I ever heard him put over for. Again, he's one of those guys that I think his charisma overshadowed and the fact that Luthez didn't like him. And so, you know, as is the case with a lot of these people, it not it isn't really the reality of what they did in the ring. It's who tells the story. A lot of your old-timers, what we think about them is what Luthez said about him in his book, Hooker. Because before the internet, that's the source we had for it. So if Luthez loved you, he put you over. If Luthez didn't like you, he either put you down or didn't talk about you. And so that colored the the opinion. Same way with the newsletters. I mean, you can, you can get biased by those two to uh, one way or another of thinking. And uh, it, it sort of overshadowed what the reality is. And I think, uh, you know, I've had the wrong opinion of Buddy Rogers all these years. Buddy Rogers was way better in-ring worker than he was given credit for. So coming in at number 12, I think that's good. I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, number 13 is Jim Lundos. And many people probably wonder where Jim Lundos would fall. You've heard, you've oftentimes heard, he was one of the greatest draws, maybe the greatest draw in wrestling history. I think that's debatable. I mean, he's certainly one of the greatest draws in history. It's, again, how you define that draw. Um, but Jim Lundos is definitely up. And I think this is about right for Jim Lundos uh, on the list, too. Uh, he, Jim Lundos had longevity. He had, you know, he definitely drew tremendous crowd. He was, no question, a huge draw. And he was a sight better worker than I think uh, people remember, too. There's, there's plenty of Jim Lundos footage out there to watch as well. All right, Bret Hart people, he come in at number fourteen, and uh, again, I think it's 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 a guy. I think with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, you could flip flop them and still make you know an equal argument or whatever. Uh, but that's that's the universal consensus is he's number fourteen. And look, if if you're mad about being one of the top fifteen wrestlers of all time, I don't really know that I got a lot of time to hear that argument. You're one of the greatest ever. I mean, if you're on this list, if you think about the history of pro wrestling from roughly the early 1800s all the way through 2022, 2023, if you're on that list, regardless of where you're at, you're one of the greatest of all time. That is a huge accolade. That is a huge accomplishment. That is a huge, go get yourself a giant trophy made. You're one of the greatest ever. So... Shouldn't anybody's placement on here be cause for? Oh my God! I can't believe they were, they were, they they were on the list of the greatest of all time. Let's complain about that. You know, it's they were one of the greatest. Number fifteen is the Undertaker. Kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, he's uh, many people say he's the greatest gimmick wrestler of all time. Hard pressed to argue with that. Besides being a gimmick wrestler, besides having that very pro wrestling outlandish gimmick, he was a pretty darn good worker too now i know there's been kind of an undertaker backlash in recent years about maybe some of the things that happened dressing room wise under his watch as the so-called dressing room leader and maybe he's had some some personal opinions that are controversial to to some people again this as we'll see this is not the 201 most moral most uh, lovable cuddly wrestlers of all time this is the 201 greatest pro wrestlers the universal consensus and the universal consensus is the undertaker's number 15 so there there you have it number 16 is ed strangler lewis yes the legendary the man who's you know i think about your your greatest wrestlers of the different eras where should they fall on this list think uh you know uh frank gotch era followed by strangler lewis era followed by uh luthez era followed by you know maybe bruno sammartino 
uh, on up through Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, so on and so forth. So if you're if you're literally synonymous with an era, you should be pretty high on the list. Ned Strangler Lewis definitely is there. And again, a guy who's a mix between uh, some mostly work stuff, but some shoot stuff in there as well. Number 17, Antonio Inoki. He's the first of the trinity of Japanese wrestling on there. Of course, Inoki, Baba, and Ricky Dozan. And we'll also talk about the trinity of Mexican wrestling. El Santo, the uh, Blue Demon, and Mil Mascara. So those will be mentioned often in here. So the highest of those Japanese uh, trinity of wrestlers was Antonio Inoki, the recently uh, departed Antonio Inoki. Number 18, and this one's going to be controversial. People are going to argue this. I've often felt this fellow got more credit than he deserved as being the most popular wrestler of a period of time which, you know, saw wrestling hugely decrease in popularity. So I don't even know how you really rate that out. But the universal consensus is number 18 is John Cena. Yes, John Cena made the top 20 greatest wrestlers of all time. And uh, you can feel free to say he deserves to be higher or lower or not at all. That's, uh, again, the universal consensus says he's number 18. Number 19, and this one I think is another arguable point, Triple H. He was never the top guy at during his time period. He was always underneath the shadow of somebody else. He was pushed perhaps at the expense of others. Uh, but look, Triple H had some great matches. He was a great wrestler. He really was. And the general consensus is he's number 19 of all time. So uh, take that and, and do with it what you will. And number 20 is Avern Gagne, the head of the AWA. He's the highest ranking AWA world champion on this list. As well, he should be. He was the, the face and the owner of it. But in the early days in the 1950s, I mean, Vern Gagne was a huge deal. He was just behind Luthez as the top wrestler in the world, and that's what caused the split. I mean, you know, Vern Gagne wanted to be the top guy in the world, and so the thus the AWA was born, so he could be. <laughs> and uh, so you read his little uh, bio there; it's pretty interesting. All right, we're going to take a mid-show break right here. Come back. And uh, for the rest of the list, we're going to talk about some of the more interesting and controversial ones. Uh, we'll talk about that right after. If you liked what you heard, go to whenitwascool.com. This is the sound of the 80s. Everybody's looking for it, and we've got it. And hit that Patreon button. If you'll excuse me, I need to go buy a new Cindy Lauper CD and have myself a little cry. All right, due to time constraints, of course, we won't be able to go all through the whole 201, although we will be covering them in upcoming podcasts, but that will be done on my When It Was Cool Wrestling podcast. So again, I encourage you, go to your podcatcher right now, type in the words When It Was Cool, subscribe to all three of those podcasts, and I think you're really going to enjoy our community. And welcome. Thank you. Hope you enjoy it enough to become a Patreon supporter. So let's talk now about some more. And again, look through the list for yourself to see their placements. Uh, 21, Randy Savage, I think is about where he deserves to be. Very interesting. Uh, Giant Baba comes in at number 22, so he's the second of the Japanese guys on there. Let's see here. I'll see if I can find somebody that's okay. My person, my personal favorite wrestler of all time, and again, you know, I in no way could you honestly put him at number one on this list. But on my list of personal favorite wrestlers, number twenty-five is Terry Funk. I love Terry Funk. I think Terry Funk's great in in personality, in wrestling ability, and just being unpredictable and crazy, just entertaining. He's entertaining. And so uh, great to see Terry Funk make the list. And in fact, in his thing, I included a photo I personally took of Terry Funk. So that's where that picture comes from. One of the names synonymous with the the All Japan, I call it the workhorse era, that 1990s era All Japan where, good grief, you just all you had to do was step in the ring. And, uh, you know, if you didn't trip and fall, you're going to have a five-star match. Um, Mitsuharu Misawa come in at number 26, and that's great. I love that era of, of all Japan. That is something else. Another one of our old-timers comes in at number 27, Joe Stecker, and I guess he's the, the second-highest ranking of our real old-timers, and I think that's about right. Joe Stecker defined a, a, the, the post-Gotch era, the era between Frank Gotch and Ed Strangler Lewis, and uh, 
great. Now, your Mexican Trinity, the first one shows up at number 28, El Santo. And I, I think it's, it's I think it's great. I mean, the, the number one guy you associate with these eras of U.S. wrestling, uh, Japanese wrestling, Mexican wrestling, they all pointed in that order. I mean, they all pointed the most popular, El Santo, the first of the Mexican greats. You know, so that's right where he should be. Gorgeous George coming in the top 30. So that's, uh, you know, one of the most famous wrestlers of all time as well. Ricky Dozan coming in in the top 30. So there's your other of the Mexican Trinity. Uh, let's see here. Ricky Steamboat come in pretty high for a guy who never really had a long run as a world heavyweight champion, but was a guy who was, you know, one of the, the first great match guys you know the the insider saying oh this is you know your work rate guy ricky steamboat um to see him rank at number 32 is uh, pretty good again a guy that wasn't really accompanied by having just this huge mass pop culture following or anything like that his most high profile match was certainly the wrestlemania 3 match against randy savage so you know this is a guy who i think he's one of the highest ones on here that was rewarded predominantly for his work rate and that's great I, I liked ricky steamboat and really thought there's more could be done with him number 33 is interesting um i think this guy's really overrated and i hate to say that I hate to break hearts and make small children cry and everything else but rowdy roddy popper at number 33 i mean roddy popper yes was a entertaining guy no question uh now he really got out there. I mean, I don't know. I know Roddy Piper was open about struggling with, you know, substance abuse issues and maybe some mental health issues and stuff, too. Like, he really sometimes was way out there in an almost incomprehensible manner. So, I mean, he was entertaining, no doubt. But, you know, I can't point you to a large body of, quote, great Roddy Piper matches. Yeah, I mean, the dog collar match with Greg Valentine and probably some with Flair and Mid-Atlantic and stuff. And But, you know, as far as the – when you think like a Ric Flair great match, you, you think of one thing. When you think of a Rowdy Roddy Popper great match, it's going to be some wildly different thing. And so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Roddy Popper being in there. But people loved him. Boy, those mainstream lists, they definitely loved Roddy Popper. Your historians uh, – uh, not as uh, somewhat, but not as highly. Number 34 is going to make brains melt. My good, close, personal friend uh, appeared on his podcast, yes, Chris Jericho, uh, come in at number 34. And look, I, I, you know, I'm sorry if people aren't going to like that. I think this is a great placement for Chris Jericho because he's had a very long career. He's got longevity. He's reinvented himself many times. He's wrestled every freaking style you can think of, from the Super Junior style to the Lucha Libre style to the, I mean, started out as kind of like a Rock and Roll Express knockoff. He's been a clone of Nick Botwinkle. He's been a clone of Bruiser Brody. The guy is versatile. He is versatile. He's charismatic, and he has longevity. How anybody could accurately argue against Chris Jericho being in the top 40 greatest wrestlers of all time I don't know how you could honestly do that with a straight face he's absolutely belongs there and good for him and congratulations uh, number 35 Stan Larry Hansen again if I was making my own personal list Stan Hansen would be higher I love Stan Hansen love that all Japan era just love the just these out of control crazy Texas redneck cowboys just beating people up Love it. Uh, Stan Hansen comes in the top 40 as well. <clears throat> Number 36, I think it's a little bit of an interesting. He's a guy, how do you even classify Bob Backlund? I mean, number 36, he was a guy that had this long, long, long reign as WWWF champion. He was clearly a very good uh, collegiate-style wrestler, technical wrestler. By the time his title reign ended, everybody was ready to get rid of this guy. Uh, he was winning as many worst of awards as he was winning best of awards by then. They bring him back as this lunatic, very entertaining lunatic in the 1990s, but lunatic nevertheless. He's like, I read Bob Backlund's book, 
and I'm like, I really like this guy. I watch Bob Backlund on TV, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I just don't know what, what to – I don't know. He's not one of my favorites. But he's the consensus number 36, and I think it's an interesting place for Bob Backlund. But I can't wait to hear some of the conversation about Bob Backlund on this – where he fell on this list because I think it's very interesting. Um Number 37 is another one of your uh, Lucha Libre Trinity. Mil Mascaris comes in, and that's a good spot for him there. Uh, I know many people that are listening to this probably are only familiar with the not doing a job, very mechanical, kind of uh, kind of uh, not that graceful Mil Mascaris. But look, you go back and watch some of the, his Japanese stuff uh, from the 70s and and. You know, there's there's not a ton of that Lucha Libre footage that's really good stuff of him. But if you go back and watch the older Mil Mascara stuff you watch, the better he gets. So I can see how the guy was, you know, probably so well loved and stuff. And yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was notoriously difficult to do business with. I understand, but I think he's in a good place there. Thirty seven. Number 38, Jumbo Ceruta. And it's interesting, you know, uh, people always spoke very highly of Jumbo Ceruta. All the Jumbo Ceruta matches I've ever watched have been great. Uh, Ric Flair, not impressed with him. (laughs) Ric Flair has said several times, I I don't see what the big deal about Jumbo Ceruta was. And he wrestled him, you know, defended the NWA title against him a a few times. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. But to me, I thought Jumbo Saruda was great. He comes in at number 38. Number 39 is another one of your uh, all-time early legends, George Hackensmith, a pioneer not only of pro wrestling but of, of strongman bodybuilding competitions, the first-ever world heavyweight champion. And it was good to see him get some uh, get some love because most people, honestly, even among historians, they only think of George Hackensmith as a guy who lost tri- twice to Frank Gotch. But... There's been a lot of research into European wrestling history over the last 10 years or so. There's Facebook groups uh, devoted to that. And I think a lot more respect has come to, to George Hackensmith over the last few years. I think if I'd done this list maybe 15 years ago, Hackensmith would have ranked lower. So I'm glad to see him uh, get some more credit. Uh, it's good to see him there. Well, let's see here. Kurt Angle. Many people wonder, well, where's Kurt Angle? Kurt Angle... You know, very famously did everything well. He was Olympic gold medalist, so he's we know he's a great wrestler. He was definitely very entertaining. Uh, he come in at number forty one, just outside the top forty, and uh, I think a good good place for him. I mean, he didn't carry the era himself. I mean, he was you know behind Steve Austin, The Rock, but he was certainly great. Um, I think if anything deters from Kurt Angle. It was injuries and, and the fact that maybe he come along a little older. Uh, I mean, but he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all times. Again, you, you can't... When you say stuff like that, it sounds like you're making excuses. Well, he's just number 41. Well, yeah, of the greatest wrestlers of all time for well over 100 years of wrestling. So, congratulations, Kurt Angle. You're one of the greatest. Uh, all right, so number 42, this is going to... You know, for those of you who feel the way Dave Meltzer feels, you're going to feel this guy's ranked too high. For those of you who uh, are not within that, you know, have your a difference of opinion, you're going to think maybe he's ranked too low. But Sting comes in at number 42. And uh, Sting's one, I'll, I'll take just a second and read what I wrote about him in his biography. This is one of those, th- this one's going to be divisive, but there are clearly two schools of thought on Sting. Dave Meltzer has never seemed very high on Sting, including he thinks he was a borderline Hall of Fame candidate, and that turned into a self-fulfilling prophecy as it took Sting years to finally get in. Yet outside the observer's sphere of influence and thought, Sting ranked highly among many historic historians' list, and even higher still on mainstream list. Once outside of the observer bubble, the opinion of Sting was much higher. Not saying one is right or one is wrong, just that those trends exist, and it leads to Sting, Steve Borden, uh, being listed where he is. And uh, so I think that's I think this is a good placement for Sting. I don't think he's too high nor too low on the list. It's good to see him there. Uh, AJ Styles is one of the more modern wrestlers that ranked the highest on the list, and and rightfully so. You know, it looked like AJ Styles was going to get forever pegged because he was an indie guy, TNA guy. Uh, he really 
raised his clout with his run over in New Japan, and then since he's been in WWF, WWE, many people have learned what many of us knew all along. AJ Styles is just great, one of the greatest of all time, top 50 of all time, as a matter of fact, and, and good for him. I've always liked AJ Styles. Uh, Gene Kaniski, some may argue he's too low. Some of you may have been sitting around saying, well, what about Bruiser Brody? Shouldn't br- Many of you may have expected Bruiser Brody to be in the, the top 20, maybe even the top 10. He comes in at number 45, and again, there seems to be a difference of opinion depending upon your school of thought about where Bruiser Brody should be. I'll tell you what, a lot of the historians, surprisingly, didn't rank him that high. And I was shocked. I, I, I thought, you know, your historians, they're largely going to be uh, Dave Meltzer influenced. They're largely going to be, you know, feeding that school of thought. I watched Bruiser Brody myself. I've seen hundreds of Bruiser Brody matches. I've always felt he was a degree overrated. Uh, I think this is right where I'd put Bruiser Brody, number 45. I mean, your opinion may differ, but the universal consensus opinion has Bruiser Brody in at number 45. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see if some of these are kind of uh, controversial or something. Mick Foley come in at number 48. That's a good spot for him. He's in the top 50. Vader, one of my favorites of all time. I would have put Vader higher on the list, but he makes the, the top 50. comes in at number 49. Your number 50 person is Eddie Guerrero, and I think that's great. Again, Eddie Guerrero died at a young age, uh, but he was so tremendous. I, 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 I never... I never even met Eddie Guerrero. Now, I used to book uh, his brother Hector on shows I I ran. So, you know, I I knew of the Guerrero family and then, you know, knew about them some. I often heard uh, Hector talking to other wrestlers about Eddie, who at the time was working in WCW. And I loved Eddie Guerrero's work. I mean, it was absolutely great. And I think he deserves a place among the uh, greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, Let's see here. uh, See if anybody really jumps out as... Uh, kind of interesting when we get in that next. Uh, Jerry Lawler, I was glad to see him get some respect. He come in at number 54. Again, I grew up watching Jerry Lawler. And again, he's not your guy. He's not, he's not a Kurt Angle type. He's not a you know Billy Robinson type or something like that. He's a different kind of animal, a, a brawler, an entertainer, a angle-driven wrestler, a storyline-driven wrestler. So it was good to see him rank in the, uh, the top 100. I actually kind of expected him not to get a lot of... Uh, not to get a lot of respect among historians, but as it turns out, he did, and that's good. Uh, let's see. Kenta Kabashi, another one of your all-Japan work rate guys, come in at number 56. Ray Mysterio Jr., come in at number 57. Ray's great. I, I would have I would have put Ray higher on my list, quite honestly. Um, I was surprised to see him rate this low. And, and interestingly enough, I thought he would do very well with historians. I thought historians would see him as this super influential Lucha Libre guy, this groundbreaker in you know, ECW, WCW, then WWE, kind of a, a opened the door for a lot of smaller guys. But he really didn't rank that high among historians. And I'm, I'm not really entirely sure why that is. I, I I question that a little bit. Number 59 is a guy who, he's he's interesting because it was one of these deals, I found myself caught in this trap myself. A well-known wrestler who's probably listening to this very show, I'm not going to out him or name him unless he wants to be himself, once asked me when I was making a comment about, I liked Ted DiBiase. I thought Ted DiBiase was a group. And I, and I honestly was just parroting what everybody else said about him being one of the greatest. And this person said, look, I've never understood the Ted DiBiase deal. I've never understood why people say he's so great. Where are all these great Ted DiBiase matches at? And, of course, you know, several come to mind off the top of my head. But then I got to thinking, well, really, I mean, really, compared to some of the others we've mentioned, really, is he? Um, He, especially if you look at his billion-dollar man work, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he is has been somewhat overrated. Well, turns out I wasn't the only one of that opinion. He come in at number fifty nine, uh, which is you know very respectable. Again, you're one of the greatest wrestlers of all times. Congratulations! But I think some people might have expected to see 
him rank higher than than what he did. So that's interesting to see. I, I look forward to hearing arguments about it. Number sixty is interesting. Also, the Sheik. Uh, you know, he's definitely a one-dimensional sort of character. So it's uh, it was kind of fascinating to see him there. Number 61, I think he come in, Kurt Henning, come in higher than I expected. Uh, I thought uh, I, I thought he would be much lower than what he was. But, boy, a lot of those mainstream lists, they really love Kurt Henning. And we'll talk about one here in a minute, in a minute that I'm just baffled by. Uh, let's see here. Ray Stevens coming in at number 66. Uh, Pat O'Connor, Dick the Bruiser. Uh, one guy who I never understood the the deal about number sixty nine Pedro Morales. I mean, I understand Pedro Morales was a hot hot star in New York at Madison Square Garden, all that. But man, I, I never seen anything interesting out of Pedro Morales. But he uh, clearly made the list. I mean, I can't argue with the with the math. Number seventy. Now I was shocked because this is a guy who I've done a lot of research on. I'm going like, how can we never hear anything about this guy? He seems like of the real deals, he was maybe the most real deal out there. Scary guy, scary shooter back in the day. Luthez didn't think much of him. I think that's why he got sort of tainted that way. But as the Internet come along and more people could do research, number 70 is John Pesek. And I'm very happy to see John Pesek make the list because I, uh, I didn't think he would make it on there. Uh, Killer Kowalski coming in at number 73. Another one of your old-timers, Stanislav Zabisco, uh, comes in the top. Okay, here's another one I think I was surprised that they ranked as low as they did. Uh, number 76, Tiger Mask. Super influential wrestler, very good wrestler. I'm not sure what kept Tiger Mask so far down this list. Historians were kind of mild on him, really. Um and, uh, you know, I guess they have the reasons why, but he came in at number 76. Uh, number 77, and I even alluded to this on Twitter. I don't understand this one. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Certainly not trying to hurt his feelings. He seems like he come a long way. He's a guy I only met twice in my life. Neither time was a pleasant experience. Jake the Snake Roberts. I can't, like, justify to me Jake the Snake Roberts being one of the top 100 greatest wrestlers of all time. I don't get it. Look, Larry Matisic did him a big favor by putting him as number 39 in his book. So that gained him a lot of points right there, Larry Matisic, ranging him. Get this now. Think about this for a second. Jake Larry Matisic thought Jake Roberts was the 39th greatest pro wrestler of all time. I don't see it. He was popular. He was very entertaining. His interviews were tremendous. And again, I mean, he's got. Seems like he's turned his life around legitimately. Good for him. I'm, I'm great. I hope he has a long, happy, healthy life. The two times I ever met him, I don't care to ever meet him again. Not pleasant experiences. But Jake Roberts, interesting. Number seventy-seven. I, I just don't know that I'm a big fan of that placement. He's not in the Observer Hall of Fame. So I mean, like he literally got there on points from mainstream list. Larry Matisic. And probably, I guess, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. That's how he landed there, I think. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he was, to me, he was the, the, the biggest standout. Another one that was lower on the list than I expected is number 80, Billy Robinson. You always hear about how great a technical wrestler he was and everything else. But, um, <clears throat> you know, he was middle of the list for many historians. Uh, very interesting to see. Number 82 is a guy that I didn't expect to make as high as he did, but a lot of historians uh, recognized him, and that is Yvonne Robert, uh, a legendary Montreal guy, a French-Canadian from uh, 1932 to 1959, so he had some longevity there. Giant star in Montreal, held that promotions international championship 16 times. Uh you know, it's great. Great to see him get some recognition. So, of your modern era guys, here's another one. Number 83, Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan. Again, he's a favorite of the newsletters, a favorite of the newsletter readers. He's had a lot of accomplishments and awards, uh, especially from the Observer. He definitely deserves to be in the top 100 of all time. I don't have a problem at all with Daniel Bryan being there. Uh, one of your, I guess your oldest 
our, our oldest entry on the list is number 85, William Muldoon, the solid man, William Muldoon, the grandfather, I guess you would say, of pro wrestling. I was sad to see Colonel James H. McLaughlin didn't get enough points to get on the list. I guess I didn't do enough to, you know, popularize the name of Colonel James H. McLaughlin, although we did get him in the Observer Hall of Fame. Uh, right, But William Muldoon, rightfully so, I think, in top 100 of all time, super important uh, figure in the history of wrestling. Uh, number 86 is another controversial guy, Randy Orton. Um, and I think this is about where Randy Orton should be, quite honestly. I, I don't, I, I, you know, while I've always thought, man, this Randy Orton guy, super overrated. Oh my gosh, he bores me to tears. Uh, let's be honest, I mean, he's an accomplished wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. This is about where I, I think he should be. I think this is a fine place for him. I, I often like this saying about Randy Orton. I don't remember where I first heard it or who come up with it, but kudos to them. Said Randy Orton is the wrestler who did the least with the most, and I think that's true. I think if anything about Randy Orton isn't that he's not that great, it's just that he's done disappointingly little with what he's the skills he has. So anyway, that's thoughts on that. Um trying to get on through the top 100 here we're we're already i haven't even broke the top 100 and we're uh, running short of time okay number 92 is going to make some heads explode going to make some people mad there'll be much weeping and gnashing of teeth to find out that the ultimate warrior is number 92 there are going to be people who will say ultimate warrior does not deserve a place on the top of, of any number of list of the greatest wrestlers ever but the truth is that's where the points fall. I mean, that's how he ranked out. Now, obviously, historians gave him nothing. Nothing. I don't know that he got a vote one, a point one amongst historians. But your mainstream sources, your Sports Illustrated, your Bleacher Reports, your Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and all that, that's where Ultimate Warrior got on the list at because he was mainstream very popular. Uh, so there, that's how that came to be. You can argue. Okay, here's a guy who was shockingly low on the list. I was like, oh, my God, why does why do historians not like this guy? He's, he's legit, real-deal wrestler. I mean, like, he's even proven it in real fighting. Brock Lesnar at number 94. I think that is hugely low for Brock Lesnar. I don't know. I'd love to hear the conversations about it. Again, how much you complain. You're one of the 100 greatest wrestlers that's ever lived. It's not a lot to complain about there. But I do think Brock Lesnar, man, on my list, he'd be way up higher than that. Interesting. So here's another one that's going to make, again, much weeping and gnashing of teeth. Number 95, CM Punk. But this is the consensus opinion. Look, historians didn't care nothing about CM Punk. And give him point number one. I mean, he may have made a few points on from historians, but not much. Uh, most of what he got was from Observer Awards and mainstream list and things like that. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, he won the uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Wrestler of the Year Award twice. Um, so that got him some points there. Um, never won it for for Observer. So it's interesting. Number 95, CM Punk. I'm not a big CM Punk guy, so I'm not going to you know, make much to do one way or the other about it. But I can't wait to see some people's eyeballs bug out that he's that's where he's at. The Road Warriors were often ranked together on these lists. Hawk was often ranked higher than Animal, and that turns out the math proved that out. Number 96 and 97 are the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal in that order. Loved the Road Warriors. Huge fan of them. Another contentious person will be number 99, Kevin Nash. Roman Reigns makes the top 100 at number 100. Uh, he's a guy crammed down our throats for many years. But finally, I think the, the, the worm has kind of turned with Roman Reigns. He seems to be getting a little more respect now. I think his longevity is borne out that he's, he's, he's pretty darn good. But, uh, again, historical... Significance, I think, is is held held him down this low. But anyway, y'all can argue that if you want to. Now I've got just a few minutes to go through the second one hundred. Sergeant Slaughter come in at one hundred two, and it's interesting. I mean, I, again, I included in this list whether they are in the Observer Hall of Fame or not. So when you're, for those of you who vote in this, go down through there and look. Hey, did you know? Are there 
several people who made it and then there's this one random guy up here who hasn't made the observer should we maybe be considering that in, in you know as, as a vote and then some of these people who seem like they should be in the hall of fame and aren't and i sit around thinking well man this person seems like they should be in the hall of fame but then i look where the universal consensus of them are and they're kind of far down the list and maybe now i you know Reevaluate how I feel about some of the people that are lower down on there. Kazuchiko Okada come in at number 104 and Kenny Omega come in at number 105. So for your modern era fans, there's uh, two of your presumed favorites on there. Uh, so they are among the, the greatest wrestlers of all time. So there's no argument there. Another favorite of mine, Ultimo Dragon, come in at number 110. So that's great. Bill Goldberg. Uh, did make the list at number 112. He's another kind of contentious figure. Uh, here's one that I, uh, you could have floored me that he ranked this low. And uh, really, honestly, it was the historians who didn't think that much about Dynamite Kid. And again, you know, I feel like I've had Dynamite Kid shoved down my throat since the, you know, the day he first stepped in the ring with Tiger Mask as being one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Well, the universal consensus is he is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He's just at number 113. I guess I expected to see him him higher. Um, you Junkyard Dog fans, he come in at number 116. And again, he's a great argument between in-ring skill versus charisma versus just connection with the, with the crowd. So you... Uh, a forgotten figure actually coming in at number 118 so it's good to see he didn't get that forgotten that's frank sexton i want to do some reading on him that's very interesting to see where he came in there one of my favorites of the modern era hiroshi tanahashi uh 122 let's uh, see here i got to get on through this list because we need to be wrapping it up scott hall come in at 127 again there'll probably be differences of opinion about him Lex Luger, he's another one that's going to kind of fall in that ultimate warrior category where some people are going to say he deserves no place on here. Well, i got a whole rant I can do on Lex Luger sometime, but uh, he come in at number 130, and I think that's good. I think I think he well deserves that place. So uh, hate it if you want to. Another of my favorites, Scott Steiner, come in at 133. Good placement there for him too, I think. I would have put him a little higher on my list, but hey, that's just me. And uh, let's get on down to the, uh, kind of wrap this thing up here, your Bobby Eaton's uh, and Arn Anderson's of the world. Yes, they made it on here as well. Number, uh, here's, here's a clickbait for you. I can't believe number 147. Shocking. <laughs> I actually can't. Michael Hayes made it, 147. Again, charisma, promo, your act, your angles versus your work rate. There's, there's, you can see the difference there. Uh, Kerry Von Erich, 153, interesting there. Conan comes in at number 155, uh, hugely influential in, in Mexico and the U.S. Well, so much of the Lucha Libre scene uh, through him. All right, let's see here. i got to get down here to the bottom of the, this list here as we're rapidly running out of time. Oh, here's another one that's going to make some brains melt. Number 168, Jeff Jarrett. I've already always said Jeff Jarrett deserves more credit than he's ever gotten, so he does make the list as well. And uh, number, let's see, Brian Pillman, again, died very young. Would have been great to have seen him get another 10 years or so, but he come in at number 179. John Moxley, okay, so he's one of your current champions, one of your current big guys out there. Yes, he did make the list at number 180. And, of course, he's only going up from there. Seth Rollins at number 181. They will only most likely go up in the future, as rightfully they should. Um, let's see here. The, your your final ones, your lower ranked ones. Let's just do the the final one ninety eight Art Bar. Again, how much higher would he have ranked had he lived longer? Probably a lot higher. It's very interesting. Number one ninety nine Psychosis. Number two hundred Cowboy Bob Orton. Yes, the uh, I thought the pretty boring father of the pretty boring son also makes our list. And at number two hundred one, rounding it out is. Hiroshi Tanahashi, or excuse me, Hiroshi Tenzan. Hiroshi Tenzan. 
So thank you very much for listening. There will be more of these shows, talking more of this list in depth, plus biographies on there. Go check out the list. Keep revisiting it as I put more about twice a week. I'll put I'll add a biography podcast to these entrants, so check those out. But please, if I can implore you to do anything, go to your podcatching app. Uh, type in when it was cool subscribe to our three podcasts become part of our uh, family i think you're really going to find it fun we have lots of fun Uh, we have lots of positive energy a lot of good times hey it's going to be a great addition to your rotation of shows and if you like what we're doing and i hope you will uh, hope you'll become a Patreon supporter at whenitwascool.com, where we have over 2,000 shows in our archives. Thank you so much for listening. Argue about this. Post about it on social media. Tell me where your favorite and least favorite ranked. And I'd love to hear it. And I'll see you here again soon with another show. Hey, everybody. Carl here from whenitwascool.com. I've talked to you a lot about our Patreon, which is the most important way you can support us. But let me remind you of what else we do. You can follow us on social media on both Facebook and Twitter. Grab the links off the front page of whenitwascool.com. Check out all of our free podcasts on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and other major podcast outlets. Check out Dragon King Dark, along with Stuck in the Desert Podcast, Uphill Both Ways, Wrestling with the Dog, The Thrash Metal Show, Life and Times with KZ, our new show, The Plot, Dragon King Carl Classic Wrestling Audio Show, Fireside Chat, and Hill Mustache Podcast, plus many specials every month. Go to whenitwascool.com for everything retro pop culture and more. Hit that Patreon link for premium podcast content. If you're looking for something fresh and fun to listen to, then bookmark whenitwascool.com.